continue uh, looking at the, uh, the details here of our, of, of our rapture, of our going home, I, I called this morning to get off the details part four, to the, the meeting, so, because we're going to look at and we're going to, to be de- uh, looking here in verse 17, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the, the issue of to meet the Lord in the air. And then he says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So there's some things that are, that are happening there that we want to kind of clean up this morning. And uh, so we're going to do that. We've been looking, uh, let's just read the verses. Verse 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, <coughs> excuse me, we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And that's a great passage there that that explains to us, gives to us the details of our exodus out of uh, planet Earth, the the end event, the event that ends the dispensation of grace, the the event that takes the body of Christ and then promotes us up into the heavenly places and so forth. And we've seen the details. We we've seen the issue here of the rapture. We're we're coming along, and and if you if you're dead, you are absent from the body, present with the Lord. Okay. Then on that day of the rapture, the calling back, okay, the, the, the Lord himself is going to descend. The, that personal attention comes into play. Then, we, then, then the dead in Christ is raised first. Then we which are alive and remain, okay? Well, when the Lord comes back, there's going to be a shout and the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God. Those events are what's going to happen. That, that is what, what's going to be speaking to our inner man, the movement. When we're resurrected, that trumpet, the issue of resurrection, we're resurrected in a new body. And that new body now is going to be able to function in the atmosphere of the closed firmament up there, the second heaven, as well as here on the earth, because it's fashioned like unto his glorious body. Then we talked about we're going to meet the Lord in the clouds. And that issue about the clouds is that issue of a pavilion, of something that's going to hold back his glory. He's going to hold back this meeting that's going to happen, because we're going to meet the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning about this meeting. That's why I was doing everything on this side, so I had more room. (laughs) I looked at last week and went, huh? I ran out of room. So you have this meeting, and we're going to talk about the meeting, and so shall we be with the Lord. But you've got this cloud and those issues of the pavilions, that issue where these clouds are going to hold back the glory and the honor of that meeting, and they're going to keep it from what's happening here on the earth. All right, And it's going to keep that back. This is in the second heaven, by the way, out here, is where this is transpiring. The third heaven is up here where the Godhead sits still. We're down here in the first heaven, so these clouds, and again, if you want to say the clouds are angels, that's okay. If you want to say it, it isn't men, because we're, the men, you know, men are going to be there, that's us. But if you want to say that, that's fine, but whatever it is, The scripture describes it as dark clouds, darkness holding back the sun. Like when you see the big storm come through, you know, through the... Through the Midwest there, they had all those tornadoes a couple uh, weeks ago and through Tennessee and so forth. And those clouds holding back the, I, mean, I know most of it happened at night, but still, at daylight, they, it's just dark. And that's what we're talking about here. Then he says, we're going to meet the Lord in the air. And so we have this meeting that's going to happen. It's going to transpire. It's a pre-planned meeting. Uh, come over with me to Romans 
chapter 14. We'll start back here. Romans chapter 14. This meeting is called the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, there's some things that we're going to look at probably this week and depending on how it goes, maybe even next week as well. But the judgment seat of Christ, that's what we're talking about here. And we're, we're talking about a meeting, a pre-planned, an appointment on the books that was planned before the foundation of the world back there when God back in eternity past says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do this with the church, the we're going to do this with the church, the body of Christ, and then we're going to end it this way, and we're going to have a meeting. And the Romans 14, verse number 10, start reading there. But what dost thou judge, thy, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So I abbreviate it, judgment seat of Christ. That is an issue about judgment and about judging. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to me. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now there's an accounting that's going to happen here. And, and I'll be honest with you, if you and I, if we come to, a, an, to fully understand the doctrine of the judgment seat of Christ, we can take that understanding, we can take that doctrine and look at our lives in time and whether we're living in line with what the Word of God is saying to us and how we ought to be living because this is an accounting this is going to look back here at our life in time and how in the world did we live and what was going on and so forth. We're going to give an accounting to God. Now, the person sitting there doing the judgment is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the word God here is the Godhead. <laughs> okay? It's all of us. But there's an issue of judgment here. And it's important when you, when you think about this that this is not a gloom day. Folks, we just got resurrected. We just met our Lord Jesus Christ. We just had that reunion we talked about last week where we were able to recognize other people and see people and know people that we've never, never known before. So come over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So when we talk about judgment... And the judgment seat of God. We're not talking about, oh my goodness, we're gonna nail, he's going to nail us. Rather, he's already nailed you. It was called Calvary. So in, in Scripture, this judgment is not about our sin. The cross back here took care of our sin. It took care of that issue. We're not talking about our sin in Scripture, in Paul, there's seven major judgments that begin to lay out. I told you 1 Corinthians 4, right? The first one is the issue of the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. Where 2 Corinthians 5.21, He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, okay? So that he could make us righteousness, that verse. The first judgment is there, the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. Complete and totally take care of, paid for, did away with the sin problem for those that are going to, for all of humanity, but it's only implied and applied to those that believe. Then you have a self-judgment where you come, uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, you know what, let's just look at them. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. This is the first one. Just <clears throat> look at you and do it here. First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's Calvary. The second one is the issue of self-judgment. Come over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Daily in our lives, we are to judge ourselves. We are to examine ourselves. We, are, we, take, we have the responsibility to examine ourselves, to look at and make sure that we're maintaining good works, 
that belongs to us individually. And we do this by examining and looking at the details of our lives and then are they working out and comparing to what the Word of God, the sound doctrine, has taught me? Are we in conformability? Okay? 1 Corinthians 11, look at, if you will, at verse 31. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. That's the first judgment there. Where you examine, if you look, uh, look up at verse 28, but let a man examine himself. You take a self-accounting. You say, is my activities matching the word of God? Again, this is where understanding what the judgment seat of Christ is all about helps. Because is my activity in line with who I am in Christ and what, what really is going to be reviewed over there at the judgment seat of Christ? The second judgment, by the way, is the issue in verse 32 but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. It says, that, it says, but when we are judged, and that's the issue of judgment by others. So we are to look at ourselves first, and then others see Galatians 6.1, if a brother be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual restore. So there's some stuff going on that I'm doing that I don't think is wrong, but somebody else says, hey, you're violating some wor the word of God here, and they come. Then you have the third judgment, verse 32 there, in verse 32, and that is that you're condemned with the world. If you fail to listen to the first two judgments, then we're going to treat you like they did the guy in 1 Corinthians 5 in Adiosia, and that's a judgment out into the world. But if you'll look here at 1 Corinthians 4, there's a third judgment that comes up, verse number 5. The third judgment here in verse number 5, 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. So that's what we're talking about. The Lord comes, right? That's, that's where we're at, 1 Thessalonians 4. So don't worry, don't be judge, don't judge it nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will both, who the Lord will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts of men, and then shall every man have praise of God. By the way, if you look at verse number 4, Paul says, For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not there hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. He's being judged by the Gentiles, by the Corinthians, by the church there. And he goes, listen, you guys can do all that all day long you want, but the real judge is going to be the Lord over there. So you guys don't be judging something before the Lord comes back, because when the Lord comes back, we're going to have a meeting. And in that judgment, when this happens, we're going to stand before the Lord, and we're going to give an account of our situation, of what we're, we've been doing. We're going to stand, and we're going to give an account and the judgment of Christ, of the, of the judgment seat of Christ is where you are, verse 5, where things are brought to light, the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts. And then every man shall have praise of God. So there's going to be a, a negative of a loss and a positive of a reward. And we'll see that. Boy, that chalk didn't do very long, did it? There's a loss. That's loss, sorry, L-O-S-E. And that's reward. And that's what's going to happen here. Now, the, other, the, the next judgment is going to be the judgment on Israel. We're not going to go look at that over in, Dan, in Ezekiel. Then you have the judgments of the nations, Matthew 25 there, the second coming. Then you have the judgment of the lost. That's the great white throne. And then you have the judgment of the angels and so forth, and that's death, hell, and sea at there at the end uh, in the great white throne judgment. But what we want to look at this morning is the judgment seat of Christ. Again, 1 Corinthians, just flip a chapter to chapter 3. There's really some passages here that are going to deal with the issue of the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 and then you've got 2 Corinthians 5, and you've got uh, some stuff then there at, in Thessalonians, and we'll get back over there to it, okay? 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse number 9. I'd like you to pay attention to the issues here, because Paul's going to use terms. 
He's going to say a labor. We labor. He's going to talk about being husbandmen and working with God. And, and, our, and he's going to talk about works. And he's going to talk about some different things. Verse 9. For we are labors to God, together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. So God's, so in time, over here, we're just going to draw this out over here. Here's you and I. Here's our inner man, our spirit and our soul. And, and we are building some information in. We're building, verse 10, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, uh, <clears throat> and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul says, and this isn't going to cut it. Hang on. Oop, i got to get the rag out. Hang on. There we go. Wonderful video when you drop out of the picture. Okay? So we're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. Paul says, I've laid the foundation. The foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we are, the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 16, verse 25, 26. And now unto him there's power to establish you according to my gospel. According to the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret, but now has been made kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest by the preaching of the scripture. So you got the issues of the mystery, you've got the issue of the conforming with the Old Testament and the prophets. You've got all that. Paul says, I've built in the foundation. The foundation is sound doctrine. That's the foundation. The foundation is going to be the word of God rightly divided. That's where we're at. We're on, he goes, I've laid in that foundation. I've built into you some sound doctrine. I've laid it out there for you. It's there. Verse 12. Now, if any man build upon the foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Notice there's going to be a building here. There's going to be a building in of some information. Verse number 13, let every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall take every man's, shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So we're going to have some building. We're going to have some work that's going to show up. And that work is a sort. It's not a quantity. It's a quality. What kind is it? So we're going to be building gold, silver, and precious stones. But we're also going to build wood, hay, and stubble. Those six items you will build on your foundation. There's no way around it. So we're going to be building in. So the first thing here is he says about the judgment seat of Christ. One, this is not about this is not Calvary. Sin is not the issue here. It has been done. Now it's going to be one, what work? What did you build? What were you building on the foundation? What does that building look like? What, what's happening here? Okay? Now come over to the... Stick something in 1 Corinthians because we're going to come back. But come over with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So, the first building, the first reference is 1 Corinthians 3, 9 down, okay? Then he says in, first, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9, Therefore we labor, that whether absent or present we may be accepted of him. Again, notice labor, work, things that we're doing. Verse number 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man may receive the things done in his body, according to that which he have done, whether it be good or bad. Done where? It's an interesting thing that in the second issue here is an issue of in. Okay? Not by, not with, but in, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 to 10. 
what is in you? That's your inner man. That's you. Not only did what did you build in the foundation in your inner man, but what are you putting in the inner man? Now, by the way, notice it could be good or bad. You're gonna, there's gonna be an accounting. You're in 2 Corinthians 5. Look back up there at verse 15. Verse 16, for which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is what? Renewed day by day. What did you do with that inner man? What did you do on the inside, in you? Again, not by you, not with the body. I lost my place. Hang on. Get it back there. <laughs> not over there, not with it or by it, but in you. What, th this is you. What did you do? Okay, this is going to be, I think it's about verse 15. I have to look back there at that so I get the right reference up there for you. Yeah, 15. This is going to be you, but also what you did with others. How did, what, how did you build on your foundation? What did you let others build on your foundation? This is you, okay? This, is, this building part in 1 Corinthians 3 is who did, who did you allow to influence you, you know? In this time of COVID-19, and I call it the corona because I, I like, there's a song, uh, the corona, you know, the corona. But anyway, <laughs> you sit at home, you get on YouTube, and you start watching people on YouTube. You're allowing them to build on your foundation. Now, it can be gold, silver, precious stones, or it could be wood, hay, and stubble. But you've allowed it. They have been building it out there. That's why I said it's you and what you're allowing others. You, as in teaching, you know, service to other people, and so forth. What have you been built? Now, what have you done? You personally, this is personal Bible study, okay? But you allow others to impact you. And we understand that. If you come over to Galatians 1, just give you an illustration of that. Galatians 1, verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert. What did they allow? They allowed someone else to come in and to move them away. They allowed them to do that. Now come over to Philippians chapter 3. So in time, down over here, we're walking along, we're laboring, we're working, we're, we're bringing in the edification, we're, we're bringing in the process, we're learning, we're growing, we're moving along Philippians 3, verse 15. We're, 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 we're being edified in the inner man. We're, we're, we're renewing our minds. We're, we're keeping that capacity. We're growing that capacity. That's going to be critical here in a minute. Philippians 3, 15. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, again, perfect, mature, be thus minded, and then if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. It's interesting, he says, whereto, this, these two verses are relative maturity, is what you could call this. He says, listen, we got to a point... Let's stay there. By the way, look back up there at verse 12. He says, not as, though, as, not as though I had already attained. Then in verse 16, he says, whereto we have already attained. So we got someplace. We haven't got it all. We're still moving forward. But now we've got to a place. He says, listen. By the way, verse 12 goes on to talk about but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. 
I'm not fully grown up yet. But when I, as I tr- press toward that mark, verse 14, a mark of maturity, verse 15, as I'm moving towards maturity here, I have already obtained a certain capacity level. Let's keep that and keep going. And what the judgment seat of Christ is going to do is going to come in here and he's going to say, what is your capacity for service? That's what he's going to say. He's going to come along, the judgment seat of Christ is going to come along. You're going to meet the Lord. We're going to have the great reunion. You're going to go before the, the judgment seat of Christ And he's going to take the fire, the word of God, rightly divided, by the way, and he's going to lay out your capacity, your inner man here, of gold, silver, precious stones, and and so forth, and wood, hay, and stubble. And he's going to say at the end, here's your graduation certificate. Here's your capacity for service out there in the heavenly places. See, I still ran out of room. (laughs) Okay. And he says, listen, this is what the judgment seat of Christ is determining, is your capacity. Come back over with me to Ephesians 4. Just notice how Paul talks about this stuff. Ephesians 4 and verse number 7. Ephesians 4 and verse number 7. Ephesians 4 and verse number 7. He says... But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 16. For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto edifying of itself in love. You see that issue about the measure, the measure, the measure of every part? He's going to measure us out on a spiritual scale. Here's your capacity. Here's not the outward Folks, we're in the new body. You're looking as good as you're going to ever look. But rather, he's looking, he, he's, come over to 1 Thessalonians 3. He's, he's dealing with an issue of capacity for service in the heavenly places out there. Because right after this meeting, he's going to take us and present us to the Father up here in the third heaven, who then is going to set us in the heavenly places. I need a stool. <laughs> okay? First Thessalonians 3. No, I don't need a bigger board. I said that one time and we got a bigger board. <laughs> we're, we're okay. <laughs> okay? So the, the issue in the judgment seat of Christ isn't, we're going to nail you for your sins. Calvary took care of that. But rather, it's going to be a, hey, we're going to take care of you. We're going to come back to 1 Timothy, or come over to 1 Timothy 4. Hold on to Thessalonians. 1 Timothy 4. We're going to review your maturity status. We're going to review the status of your inner man. We're going to take a look at what's going on inside of you. 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. For bodily exercise profit is little. Isn't that the case? I went up to big five sports looking for dumbbells. The guy goes, good luck. I'm like, Really? I go, you can't even special order me some? He goes, no, our warehouse. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, just wait. When they release everybody back to the gyms, all this stuff will be on Craigslist for sale. You know, the problem is, I went, so I went on offer up looking for adjustable dumbbells because uh, I don't have a lot of room, you know. And the guy wanted 800 bucks for his set. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. The crazy thing is, is Big Five had them on ad on sale for $100 right before all the shutdown. And I went and I looked at them and I said, all right, well, they'll still be there next week. And next week was, I'm like, oh, you know, you snooze, you lose, Charlie. All right, 1 Timothy 4, you found it by now. Verse 8, for bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, 
having of the promise that now is, right here in time as we're walking through, building in the capacity and of that which is to come. That's this stuff out here. That's this. That's up here, going into the heavenly places. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. The level of maturity that we reach now is going to impact the level of service that we have in the heavenly places. Our spiritual understanding that we gain now is going to be identified by the Lord at the meeting, the judgment seat of Christ, in order to identify our qualifications to carry out the different jobs in the heavenly places that are going to be set up there that the Father is going to institute and put us into. We're going to look at all those in the next time. We're a body. Not everybody's a hand. Not everybody's a foot. But we all, the hands, will work with the feet and the head and so forth. Okay? Different capacities. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Perfect that which is lacking. Bring some growth to you. Mature you up a little bit. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to notice Increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Increase and what? Abound and love. The love there is the Philippians 1.9 idea of a mental capacity of judgment and discernment. Abound, grow. Why? Verse 13. Why does Paul pray for that? Verse 13. To the end, he may, uh, he may establish your hearts unblameable and holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Why gain the increase? So that your heart, the mentality of your soul, will be what? Unblameable. Will be established. Unblameable. In what? In holiness. All of that are, is identification issues that are in, in who we are in Christ. Now, we do all of that in time by faith, resting in a, the Word of God, rightly divided right now, because we're still here. Okay? It's the issue is capacity. So when the rapture comes, come back over to 1 Corinthians Ah, uh, we need three, but stop at 2 Corinthians 5 on our way back, the verses there. When the rapture, when this happens, by the way, he's going to present us to the Father. That's up here. We're going to talk about that in verse 13 there. That's after the rapture. That's after the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to lead us up there, and he's going to present us, uh, Ephesians 5 says, holy, without blemish, perfect. And the Father's going to look at the Son and say, well done, they're looking good. Okay? Now, 2 Corinthians 5 and 1 Corinthians 3. Just we'll get back here into these two verses. Let's talk here a little bit more about the building and, and uh, what's transpiring. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5, notice verse number 9. Wherefore we labor that we may, pre, uh, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Now, you see that issue of accepted of him. Well, in who we are in Christ, we are accepted. So this isn't about our standing, okay, our position. This is rather about our labor in the time, our state, our, what we're doing right now in time. Right now, I want, in my experience in my, what I am doing to know that my labor is what? Acceptable. What, what I am doing right now as 
wife, as husband, as children, as workers, as members of the local assembly, as pastors, as the leadership role. What I'm doing right now is what is in line with who I am in Christ. See, Paul is no, he ain't worried about being accepted as in, okay, the Lord's going to call me home. But I need my labor to be that. Again, how do you do that? One, by knowing the doctrine, believing the doctrine, letting the word work in you effectually, word worketh in, the word of God worketh in you effectually, that, believe. You get it in there, and it's the issue of faith. Okay? So the judgment seat of Christ, come on to 1 Corinthians 3. The judgment seat of Christ is going to reveal our capacity as a son in the family of God. It's going to identify our capacity for service. The Lord tells the disciples, they're arguing. Who's going to sit on the right hand and the left hand? And, oh, you know, and the Lord says, you guys think that my kingdom is going to be run like the Gentiles run thing where we lord over all. And he says, no, my kingdom is going to be a kingdom of service. That's why the Lord with the apostles came and washed their feet, showed them what a servant was all about. So the issue here is an issue of service. And the issue is going to be capacity that I developed over my lifetime for service. Now, a bunch of chicken scratch up there. All right, 1 Corinthians 3. Again, look, if you will, at verse number 12. Just kind of jump in here. First of all, We've got two issues here, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 3. What did I build in myself? And now what am I going to do here as far as building into other people, my activity with other people? And then as that other person, am I allow, what am I allowing to be built in? Do you follow that? I, I, that's a, kind of a, uh. Because I'm building here personally, my own personal study, but on this level, I'm allowing other. When I sit, I got a video sent to me this past week, a YouTube of a preacher. I clicked on it. I clicked on the time. It was like 45 minutes. So I said, do I have 45 minutes? Okay. I know the preacher. Do I have 40? 45 minutes really means an hour and a half because you start writing and making notes and stopping. And, okay. At least I do. You might not, but I do. And I decided I did not have that time. When I go back now this coming week and look at it, I am allowing that individual, that preacher, to impact what I'm putting here on my foundation. Because I made a choice to do what? To listen to him. Okay? That's what 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 3 is talking about. So as the guy on the YouTube video, I am mindful of what I am building in on the listener's foundation. Follow that, okay? But as the listener, you're allowing me to build into that. So it's a kind of a two-way street here, because what are we looking to build? Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. You're going to build all six on there. So let's look at this. Again, Paul just, my workmanship, building, all of the construction, because we're building, this literally is the foundation, and we're going to build a spiritual edifice here is what we're doing inside of you. Okay? Now, gold. Come back with me to Proverbs. Gold, silver, and precious stones are identified all through Scripture, you know, gold, deity, God's life, the king, okay? So you can build in who you are in Christ. Uh, uh, Proverbs 16, okay? Then you talk about silver. Uh, that's redemption money, if you will, where, where Christ, uh, the, the 30 pieces of silver and all that, well, I'm redeemed in who I am in Christ, so I'm going to thrive and live in that. Then you talk about precious stones. Malachi 3 talks about 
the little flock being my jewels. So you're talking about people. So I'm building in who I am in Christ and his and the Calvary uh, and then a, a people. So you can do that with it all day long. But look at Proverbs 16, 16. Okay. How much better is it to get wisdom than what? See how... Let's do it in a different color. Ooh, yeah. Wisdom. Isn't that interesting how that's equated to gold? And to get understanding rather than silver. Isn't that interesting? Understanding. Come over to chapter 20 of Proverbs. Chapter 20 and verse 15. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a, what? Precious jewel. There's knowledge. Isn't that fantastic? Now I know what gold, silver, and precious stones are, don't I? Now, wood, hay, and stubble, what, what do you think that would be? We don't have enough time to run all the verses about our human viewpoint, <laughs> do we? <laughs> we don't have enough time Wood, human viewpoint, human effort. Hay, hay is temporary, isn't it? You know, hay today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> okay, oh, that was bad, okay. It's temporary, it's here today and gone tomorrow. Stubble, that's the cheap stuff that's left over down there. The cheap stuff substitute for the real deal, you know, the poor man's hay. So wood, hay, and stubble, and again, the, the time to run all the verses we just don't have, the, the, the human viewpoint, the human effort, get there on my own, build it myself. By the way, this is all large, isn't it? You know, a big bale of hay. It's huge, it's big. Hey, temporary, stubble, cheap. Now come back with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And look at this. Because it's interesting, when Paul talks to you and I about growing our capacity, about building into our inner man, that he uses some very interesting terminology. Look, if you will, Ephesians 1, verse 16. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. What's Paul praying for them to have? How about let's have a little gold, silver, and precious stone be built into you? How about let's move over here and let's begin to, to, to get into, you come over to Colossians 1, some things that, that are going to last for eternity. Look, folks, you're going to build in the human effort and, the, and stuff. You're going to build in the wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to be built into you. Look at Colossians 1. You, by the way, you can't do, that. this is the large, this is the small group gold, little. I'm watching a show on, uh, on Netflix, and uh, take, they take big old bars, big old things of gold, and they melt it all down into pebbles, literally little pebble balls, I mean little dudes. Now, they produce a lot of them, but it's little. You think about your rings and gold small. Wood, you know, the gold ring costs as much as a truckload of wood or hay if not more. So build, let's build in the stuff that's going to go through the fire and last for eternity because this stuff's just going to get smoked and it's going to go away. And it has lesser value. By the way, that verse we read a minute ago about bodily exercise profiteth you little, that sits right here on the wood, hay, and stubble side. Poof, it's gone. Now, come over... Colossians 1, thank you, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy 
of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Folks, Paul says, I want you building wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And you go back over in Ephesians, and then he throws in the word prudence, too, by the way. And he says, listen, this three are what? Come back to 1 Corinthians 3 now. 1 Corinthians 3. These three, I, you want to be not only building them in yourself, 2 Corinthians 5 there, but you want to be building this into other people, and the other people want to have it built on their foundation. Okay? So you're going to build it on your own, in your own personal study and growth, but then when you go talk to people, don't be feeding them full of hooey. Don't fill them full of wood, hay, and stubble. Fill them full of gold, precious stones, and, and silver. And then as the recipient of that, when you hear the wood, hay, and stubble, you hit off. And when you hear the gold, silver, precious stones, you hit okay. Follow that? See, this falls on what you and I are doing. The Lord has done everything already, Calvary. What did you do? How did you build on the foundation? Okay, verse, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest. <laughs> I love that. People say, oh, we're going to have a drive-in movie theater and watch Brian's life. <laughs> Isn't that a movie? Wasn't there a life of Brian? Or anyway, um, Brian's life. He's shaking his head, yeah. Not, it's not going to happen. Now, again, the body of Christ is probably billions of people. It's going to take some time. That's okay. Because we'll see maybe down here on the earth, while all this is going on, you've got all of the Israel's prophetic program working, plus into the probably the first beginning of the, of the tribulation working, while we're still doing all of this in the heavens. Now, could the Lord say, let's do this quick and be done? Sure. But this isn't about him being done and quick. This is a rejoicing in your presence, rejoicing, and it's a glorious time. Verse 13, let every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And again, the fire is the word of God rightly divided. Paul says over there in Romans 2 that the secrets of men are going to be revealed by my gospel. That's what we're talking about. Then he says, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Again, is it biggin' or little ones? What is it? What, did you, what happened in your life? Boy, we could go with this stuff. Paul says to the Corinthians that we're to, we're to bring all of our imaginations into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. You're to bring every thought, that's the thought, into it. You're to, all of this stuff about you're responsible for you. You give an account of yourself. Now, by the way, when you stand there and he goes, okay, it's time to give an account, what are you going to say? Well, look, Lord, I built this church, I did this and all this stuff, and rah, rah, rah. Or are you going to just sit there and go, uh, your will be done? <laughs> I hope, you know, it's because you're not going to have anything to say. It's too late now to go say, hey, give me another five years so I can learn. No. The reward here of, work, of what every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. Boy, what a, what a thought there. The end of verse 15. You're still going to be there. Let's say you built on your life all of the religious activity of wood, hay, and stubble. But one day on that road in your life, you trusted in the, in the Calvary, in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what's going to happen? You're going. And when you get to the judgment seat of Christ and he turns the heat up on what you did, all you're going to sit there and say is, Woohoo! I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad I'm here. And you're going to become a part of that heavenly government that fits under that name, every other name that's named, but you're not going to care because sin has been dealt with. Sin was dealt with at Calvary. 
And now that nature of you to, you know, and I know people say, well, you know what, Rick, you're just telling people to have pride and build in this and only this and that. Well, let me ask you something. What's the fire going to do to pride in your inner man? It's a wood, hay, and stubble, isn't it? It's going to be burned up. And you just wasted the time to build in the proper capacity for that day. You have a reward. You're going to suffer loss. And you're going to have a reward. If you build in, in onto your foundation, the wood, hay, and stubble categories, you're going to suffer the loss. But really, it's the loss of that capacity of service that you could have had, that you could have spent the time doing. But then you're going to have a, a reward. Now, we're going to talk about the hours almost up, but we're going to talk about the reward next week because it's, it's more involved that I can do in 10 minutes here. But just think about it. You're going to build in to your inner man a reward, the capacity there. Notice, by the way, it is singular. Come over to first, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's just do this real quick. 2 Timothy, I'm thinking about reward now. It's singular. It's a singular thing. It's not rewards. We, we do that. Man does that. Okay? Uh, um, I told you 2 Timothy, right? <laughs> uh, go back to Colossians 3. Again, we'll look at some of this much deeper next time. Colossians 3 and verse 24. He says, Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. See that? For ye serve the Lord Christ. The reward of the inheritance. 1 Thessalonians 2. Verse, well, just let's just for time. 2 Timothy 2. Then what are we talking about when he talks about reward? He's talking about this issue here in 2 Timothy 2 and in verse number 11. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. We're talking, the reward is talking about reigning, okay? And, and it's really, that's that, that Ephesians 1 over there, he talks about his inheritance in the saints, right before he goes into the great list of the governmental structure in Ephesians 1. So reigning, the reward, really, in a nutshell, has to do with reigning with him, ruling and reigning with him. Now, you'll notice something in the passage here. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. But then it says, if we deny him, he also will deny us. If you deny something, don't you lose it. You stop it, you don't do, you don't enjoy it, you, there's a loss there. So in 1 Corinthians 3, what do you have? You have a loss. So the judgment seat of Christ, go back to 1 Thessalonians 4 because I want to finish verse 17. And we'll talk about this um, a little more too as we go. But I just get the, the judgment seat of Christ, the doctrine, tells us, tells you and I, how and what we are to be doing in time right now. What are we to be doing? We're to be building on that foundation. We're going to be learning the sound doctrine. We're to be learning. We're to be building in goal, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Prudence. That's what we're building in. So then we should be about the things that do what? Make up those items. Follow that? We are responsible for ourselves. We then have an impact on those that we, we interact with, that we teach. By the way, for most of us, that's our wives, our husbands, our family. And then as that recipient of that, what am I allowing to put on to my, onto my plate? Okay? So the judgment seat of Christ is going to reveal... The capacity of your inner man for that service out there, that reward of service.
okay? You won't have a big old Burger King crown stuck on your head, okay? Now, come, come back to 1 Thessalonians 4 and notice something here with, at verse 17. So we're going to meet uh, uh, verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The end of that verse, okay? We've seen the meeting. I think you got the meeting, all right? The end of that verse, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He is not talking about proximity there. I am with you this morning. Well, a majority of you are on the internet. I'm not in the same room with you, but I am what? I am with you. So he's not talking about proximity. Rather, he's talking about union, agreement. We're together on this. Now look at the verse. And so, in the resurrection, in the reuniting, in the rewarding, the judgment seat, and in the air, we're with the Lord, aren't we? Proximity. We will be with the Lord in our resurrected, glorified bodies, united with the body of Christ, rewarded with the capacity of service in the air. Okay? But yet then he's going to take us, chapter 3, verse 13, and present us to the Father. Come over to Colossians 3. When he presents us to the Father, he's going to leave and go back down into the heavens and go to war with Michael and the angels, okay? And, and go on in the prophetic program. Now, I'm going to show you that in about two weeks. We're going to look at Israel and what's going on while we're doing what we're doing, what's happening here on the earth. But what I, go, just go back to 1 Thessalonians 4 because the time's up. I just want you to see that issue here is we're going to be with the Lord in the air through our events all the way till he presents us with the Father. Then he's going to go, and Revelation 12, there's going to be the war in heaven. So our event takes some time, if you will, here. It's not going to be 30 seconds, boom, you're done, because this is not a gloom and doom time. It's a rejoicing time. And then you're going to go over there, and then we're going to go and have, you know, be placed into the heavenly places, and we're going to be placed into our, those structures, and then we're going to be with the Lord on out. Now, if you think about what's going to happen in the new heaven and the new earth, I said this a couple studies ago about the 33,000 years in the dispensation. I'll show you all that here coming, okay? But when you think about what's happening out there, the Godhead and the city, New Jerusalem, comes and sits on the earth. You and I are in the heavenly places. So proximity, we're not with him, are we? But we are with him in that he is our head, and we are of one accord with him and so forth in unity. That's the idea there, okay? All right, I realize the end kind of gets jumbled up. I don't want to miss that in case I don't say anything about it as we walk on out. I, what I want you to get this morning is this issue of the judgment seat of Christ. Right now in time, you can build into yourself wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and, and that's what we're to be building into our inner man. So if I'm doing something in life that isn't matching up with the, these, but rather is falling over here, you can do it. It's okay, as long as you're not hurting somebody or violating the Word of God, but it's just not going to stand the test of eternity. It'll be burnt away. So when you're thinking, when you're holding, you know, I know some of us have little studies with people. You know, you think about what you're teaching them. Let's make sure it's this, because you impact that. And as you sit and listen, and as you, again, I know, you stay at home, you got not much to do, so on YouTube you go. 
be careful what you're allowing to be built in onto you, you know. And you can listen to guys. I, I have books written by guys that I disagree with, but I read them and pull out the good and, and go, okay, that was a waste of time. <laughs> you know, I did that the other day. I got halfway through a book and said, this is a waste of my time, and click, just put it down, and it went into the um, go back to the used bookstore pile. They don't know it's coming back, but it's coming back because they're not open right now. Anyway, just catch what the judgment seat of Christ is all about, okay? Because it literally in time can help you understand what you're doing, yay or nay, good or bad, okay? All right. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the instructions here. We thank you for the ability to know, to comprehend, to understand what, what we need to be doing today on a daily basis. As the world around us is all up in arms and disheveled, we know what we ought to be about and what we ought to be doing. And Lord, I just pray that we do that. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you.